Children will lead us in worship and we'll think about giving thanks for the gift of new life. Um, so parents, kindergarten through sixth grade kids, we're going to meet in here at 5.30 tonight to begin looking at that service and practicing. So we'd love to have your kids with us. And then November 21st, we will celebrate the gifts of creation, all concluding with our annual Thanksgiving dinner that will be in this place at 5.30 on the 21st. You'll see these little cards in your chair this Sunday and next. There's two things on the back of those. There's no good way to distribute pins in here. So all you have is the card. I hope you have a pin with you. But one, we do need you to RSVP for Thanksgiving dinner. We're still putting things back into place, and we just want to make sure we're good stewards of the amount of food we uh, provide for that Thanksgiving dinner. So if you are going to attend, you can fill this out. Stick it in the offering basket. You can also read our newsletter and do it from there. But I also want you this Sunday and next to think about that last line. God, I give thanks for. Get your children to be involved. Um, but fill that out. Throw it in our offering plate. And we're going to use your responses for our service on the 21st. Um, so do one this Sunday. Do one next Sunday. But try to think about what it is that um, in this season of Thanksgiving, what it is you give thanks for. So that's in your chair. Take some time to look through that. And then looking ahead at Advent, we want to be able to empower you um, to focus on your own spirituality. If COVID taught us anything, it's there are seasons in life where maybe we're not in this space together, but we need to be diligent about our own spiritual practices. So in worship, we are going to use this book, Shadow and Light, throughout the season of Advent. And we encourage you to pick one up for yourself and read through as a church family the devotions for each day and for each week. If you would like the church to purchase you one, um, just let us know. I think it's by November 15th. We forgot to get that in the bulletin, but it's in the newsletter. But just let the church, ow, I hit myself. Let the church office know, um, and we'll order some. We can get it to you, or you're welcome to find the book and get one for yourself. But we will be using this to aid us in our worship time together. Oh, here's one I forgot. Um, Caroline Pickle met me in the front of the church this week on Friday. She was not going to be here this weekend, and she was very curious about who won the chili cook-off. Um, so Joe Williams, was his little base was overflowing with beans, so he won the chili cook-off. Um, and actually, Webster's Animal Shelter is the big winner, since we all chose our own ministries for what $100 from our Good Samaritan Fund would go to. But thank you to all for coming out to participate, to our youth for making that a great event for our kids, and we look forward to next year. Our communion offering for today will support the Thanksgiving boxes for Madcap. You can either bring in cans of cranberry sauce, they need 700, um, or you can give in our offering basket and designate that communion offering, and we'll purchase um, cranberry sauce with that, but there's baskets in the foyer here and in the, edu in the education building, and we collect those cranberry, those cranberry sauces. We need those by November 17th. I think I have said it all. Um, please check your bulletin. Always read through this, read through the newsletter, see all that's going on in the life of the church and how you can be involved. Um, and a reminder, today is our Consecration Sunday as we think about the coming year, um, and how we will be in mission and ministry together. So if you have not turned in your pledge cords, you can do so today. You can pick one up and send it in this week. But I hope you've been praying and discerning over how best, 
how best to support the mission and ministry at Parkway Hills. But now, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to worship God this day. Thank you, Teresa. I invite you to stand and join together as we sing our call to worship, Holy Ground, found in your bulletin. Please stand together.
As we enter into this time of worship together, let us pray together. We give you thanks, O God of presence, for all who have died in the faith of Christ, for the memory of their words and deeds, and all they accomplished in their time, for the joyful hope of reunion with them in the world to come, and for our communion with them now. In your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our hymn is found in your bulletin for all the saints. Please remain standing as we sing all four verses. Testament scripture this morning is Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. For he has founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls to what is false, and do not swear deceitfully. 
they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of their salvation. Such is the company of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. time I'd like to invite our children forward for our children's moment. sit right there can you come sit on the ground for me over here on the floor yeah well good morning how are y'all good good to see y'all we have a lot going on in church today do you see any different things out yeah what all do you see yeah what you, the roof, is that different? Was it not here last time you were here? <laughs> Let's have a seat. Y'all sit right here on the ground for me. The can yes, we've had these candles out. What else do you see? What what do you see? Water's on there. Is water on there? Yeah. There's pumpkin. There's this. This is new. We have a we have a baptism today. Yeah. So there's a lot happening today. We get to celebrate a lot of different things today. We get to remember those that we have loved. We get to baptize a new baby into the story of faith. And we get to have communion together. All those things today. Well, the thing I want to talk about is these candles. So what happens when you light a candle? It, it does melt. What does it provide? Fire. Yes, so heat. It provides heat. What else? Smoke. What else? Have you ever been in a really dark place and lit a candle? What happens? Yes, but light, yes. It provides light. So we're going to light this candle. We use candles in a lot of different ways in church. Do you know why? I don't know. Do you know? Y'all tell me. Why do you think we do that? Okay, why do you think we use light, use candles and light to praise God? Any guesses? Yeah, no, you were close, so the dark won't be what? So dark, yes. So there's a place in the Bible that talks just about what you said. I'm going to read it to you. And it's talking about a very special person um, that we, in, in our faith story. You see if you can figure it out. Are you ready? You listen? It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the, are you ready? Was the light of all people. 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. So who do you think is the light that this passage is talking about? Not, well, yes, kind of God, but not, there's a better name. Jesus, yes. So it's talking about Jesus being a light in the darkness. So the dark won't be so dark. That's why we use candles everywhere. That's why we light these candles every time we come into worship. Yeah, you can use a candle in the woods. That's why we light those candles. You remember Christ is the world's light in here. The, can the light in the darkness. So it makes things that are dark and scary not as dark and scary. So when you come up, when you come up for communion, your parents can help you today. And you can light a candle remembering that Christ is present. And that Christ helps light up the darkness for us. So that it's not so dark and scary. Yes. And so you can see where you're going. And we got one more thing. Not only do we have a baptism today, but we are also remembering another person's baptism. Briggs is, was baptized almost, a little bit more than a year ago, a couple weeks, year and a couple weeks ago. So Briggs is here, and everybody can see how big he has gotten. And we're going to give him his banner. Um, and remember that as a church family, we have committed to knowing his name to praying for him, to loving him, and to watching him as he grows. So can y'all hand that? You want to take it for your brother? There you go. He's got it. I'm going to blow this out. Let's fold our hands, and we'll say a prayer together. Y'all repeat after me. I know. You feel that smirk. You ready? Dear God, we thank you for Jesus, a light in our darkness. Amen. All right, y'all can go back to your seats. So yes, we, we do. We have a lot, a lot happening in worship today. Um, but I want to begin with um, a video that maybe some of you saw that was released at midnight on Halloween. Any guesses to what video I'm talking about? A hint, it was Mariah Carey. Some of you know where we're going with this. So at midnight on Halloween, Mariah Carey released a video. The queen of Christmas music, she rang in the holiday season, and there was this opening scene with three pumpkins all lit up that said, it's not time. And then you see Mariah Carey in a red sparkly dress. She's got this peppermint-looking bat in her hand. She goes to the door. You hear a clock ticking. An alarm goes off, and as the alarm rings, Mariah Carey smashes the knot pumpkin, leaving its time. And her classic holiday hit, All I Want for Christmas is You, begins to play. It's time, whether we want it to be or not, whether we agree that it's time or not. 
You know, a few weeks ago, I mean, this was weeks ago, I saw one of those countdown to Christmas um, graphics making the rounds on Facebook, and I thought to myself, I'm not ready for this. It kind of stressed me out. And then I thought, Christmas shouldn't stress me out. But we all know that once November 1st hits, the pace kind of quickens. The lists start to get made. The parties get planned. The events get on our calendars. All I Want for Christmas is You starts playing in all the stores except for that one store that has Bandit. We kind of zoom right past Thanksgiving. It's, it's like this hectic fog. I mean, we do stop to eat. At least I stop to eat. But we miss something. We miss something by not stopping to sit in the season of Thanksgiving. One of my clergy friends this past week kind of reminded me how the spiritual practice of giving thanks is connected to Christmas, to our faith, to our lives. He said, our degree of gratitude for the gift that is Jesus is the degree to which our lives will be changed by loving him. Gratitude toward God disrupts our lives, he said. It changes how we spend our time and our money. So this month in worship, uh, we will practice giving thanks. And maybe when Christmas rolls around, we remember that it's Jesus' birthday, not ours. Maybe we will give thanks for what we do have instead of focusing on what we don't or what we didn't get. Maybe we do more then stop and eat this season of Thanksgiving. Maybe we intentionally take time to pause and lift a prayer of thanks. I know I've already tried to start doing that in my days, and I, I hope you will join me. It's bittersweet um, and humbling to begin a series on giving thanks on the day we celebrate All Saints Day the day within the life of the global church where we remember those who have died. We provide space to name, to grieve, and to give thanks. There's a story that is unique to the Gospel of John where Jesus comes face to face with the death of a friend. And as I read through this story in John 11, preparing for today, as often happens, there's something a little bit different that I notice. Now, I know I had in the back of my mind um, this series of pausing, stopping, creating space to give thanks, but I noticed something about Jesus in this story. How often he pauses, and the last time he pauses in this story, when he stops right before raising Lazarus from the dead, the last thing he does is lift a prayer of thanks. Jesus often models a way of being in a world full of activity and chaos and to-do lists and hurt and joy and all the things. Jesus, in the midst of a hectic life, in the midst of mobs and people demanding his attention, Jesus often find, found time to stop along the way, to pause to step away. 
There's a lot of places in Scripture where we are just told, Jesus went away to pray. But in the story of John 11, it isn't as obvious, these little momentary pauses. It's not as obvious. They're moments that are easily missed. When we get to John 11, Jesus has been very busy. He's fed 5,000 people, walked on water, made an appearance at the Festival of Booths, rescued a woman about to be stoned, restored the sight of a man born blind, and he has foretold his own death. After all this, it says, he went away across the Jordan, and he remained there. He went away to rest, to breathe, and attempt at a pause, but right before you get to chapter 11, it says this, many came to him. So it is in the midst of all this that he receives the news from Mary and Martha that Lazarus, whom he loves, is ill. So I'm going to pick up at the beginning of chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that, that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Pause number two, if we count the first attempt to get away. So after these two days, he says to his disciples, let us go to Judea. So they arrive in Judea and picking up at verses 17 through 30. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for, for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at her home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to, went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. Pause number three. So Martha tells Mary, Mary gets up and runs to meet Jesus and picking up in verse 32, when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, 
Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. Pause number four. Jesus takes time to cry. Finally, Jesus comes to the tomb and picking back up at verse 38, then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that, the, so that they may believe that you have sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. That last pause, Jesus looks up and prays. His prayer, Father, I thank you. Five times in this story, Jesus stops or pauses. Five times in a story literally about life and death, Jesus takes time to stop. The first time, he's simply trying to get away, to rest and renew. The next two, well, they're a little hard for us to understand because Jesus doesn't immediately go to his friend when he hears that his friend is ill, and then he stops outside the village before he goes in to meet Mary and Martha. Maybe he knew the final outcome. Maybe Lazarus dying and rising again was all part of the plan. Maybe he had to prepare himself. He needed some time and space to get ready for the work that was required of him. Coming face to face with one of the most human of events. Then there's two more pauses. Jesus takes time to weep. And Jesus at the tomb before Lazarus is raised, standing in the midst of grief and death, Jesus pauses to lift a prayer of thanks. That last pause, giving thanks before the miracle and the gift of new life. I don't know if it's ever hit you that thanksgiving is built into almost every aspect of our worship life together. We share the great thanksgiving as we prepare to come to table. In baptism, we give thanksgiving over the water, both things we will do today. At funerals, we say a prayer of thanksgiving. We thank you, God of love, for all which you have blessed us even to this day, for the gift of joy in days of health and strength, and for the gifts of your abiding presence and promise in days of pain and grief. We praise you for home and friends and for our baptism and place in your church with all who have faithfully lived and died. Above all else, we thank you for Jesus, who knew our griefs, who died our death and rose for our sake, and who lives and prays for us. 
It is in the midst of thanksgiving that we tell the story of what God has done in and through Jesus Christ. This is part of who we are as a people of faith. And it isn't really just about being grateful or in some way practicing gratitude. We give thanks as we remember who our God is and what it is God has done in Christ. Father, I thank you, Jesus says. I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they might believe you have sent me. In the midst of giving thanks, Jesus reminds us of who our God is. A God of love and presence who sent Jesus to stand in the very place of death as resurrection and life. There's this line in our great Thanksgiving communion liturgy that says, with all your people in all ages, in communion with the saints and with the whole company of heaven, we join the glad song of unceasing praise. Today we get to give witness to the scope of this declaration. As we baptize a baby into this great story, a new chapter yet to be written, and as we remember those whose story in Christ is forever connected to ours. So I'm going to invite um, the Johnson family to come up and invite the youth to come take their place as well. Oh, those are some rosy cheeks. All you need is your little inserts in your bulletin. And I will invite you to um, pull out the inserts in your bulletin as well and follow along. Um, Y'all can stand right there and I'll get over here. So that's perfect. Sisters and brothers in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, God's spirit has been poured out upon water. Water poured over and immersing us, water that flows freely for all who receive it, water from the streams of God's saving power and justice. Water that brings hope to all who thirst for righteousness. Water that refreshes life, nurtures growth, and offers new birth. Through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church, incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation, and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. So today, we present Annie Monroe Johnson for the sacrament of baptism. And we begin... I ask you, her church family, will you turn away from the powers of sin and death? Will you let the Spirit use you as prophets to the powers that be?
Will you proclaim the good news and live as disciples of Jesus Christ, his body on earth? And I ask you, as her parents, will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church? And again, to the entire congregation, will you be living witnesses to the gospel individually and together, wherever you are and in all that you do? Will you nurture one another in living the faith of the church and include Annie in your care? Will you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments? And now we join the thanksgiving over the water. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John, anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it, to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ they may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Oh, it's okay. Is it scary? You want to see it first? Hey. Annie Monroe Johnson. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now, your family gets to be part of this. Maggie, you get to help. Come on, come over here. Can you place a hand on her? Yeah? Put a hand on her. Thank the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may live as a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said... Amen. Amen. Oh, I think you just hit me in the face. Are you okay? Well, we welcome this little one, and I remind you of the commitments you make today. Her banner will go up there, so you've got a year 
to learn her name, to remember who she is, to watch her grow, and to promise to be an example of faith so that she may indeed learn to live love in this world. But now I invite you to welcome your new sister in Christ. Child of God, by water and the Spirit, we welcome you into God's new creation. Share with us in Christ's royal priesthood. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as a member of Christ's church. And can you give little Annie a hand? y'all have a seat and at the end you can come back up and be greeted and as we prepare to come to the table um, the youth are can I lead us in the time of centering
as we prepare to come to table. We lift the great thanksgiving, saying, Creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God of the priests and the prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and our fathers, God of our children to all generations. We come and we give thanks for your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made, uh, made with us a new covenant by water in the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, eat from this, all of you. And when you do this, do this, in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us, gathered here, and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with all your saints, for you are the God of our ancestors, the God of generations yet unborn. It is your will, so to fill us with your own being, so to forgive us even when we fail you, that we may be called your holy people. For the multitude of the faithful whom we cannot remember, for the vastness of their number and the distance of their days, we bless your holy name. For the multitude of the faithful whom we do remember, because they have touched our lives and given us instruction and inspiration, we bless your name. John Green. Lee Townsend. Henry Weisenborn. Melody Musgrove. Mary Robinson. Receive them into the arms of your mercy. Let light perpetual shine upon them and cause us to be numbered with them in your everlasting glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. As we come to table today, by your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, 
and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at your heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now I invite you to join with me, lifting the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, be thy name. I'm going to ask uh, Davis and Connor and David to come up. So this will be um, the first Sunday that we have um, taken communion together in a more normal way. And it's going to be a little wonky because there's a lot going on. Um, you'll receive the bread, take a cup. There's a bowl right by the station that you can leave your cup in when you are done partaking. If you're still not quite comfortable, you can come just get a cup. If you're not comfortable with the bread, or if you just feel, still feel uneasy, there are some individual packets up here you are free to grab and partake on your own. You can also stop after you receive the elements and light a candle for one that you love and remember and lift up on this All Saints Day. There's lighters in these vases. I just ask that you put the lighter back in the vase when you're done. The ushers are going to be on the outside. We're going to start with the outside rows. You'll come out the outside, um, receive the bread, take a cup, and then you can come light a candle. Then the ushers will move to the inside, and you also will be released on the outside. Yeah, I'm making sure y'all are in the right place. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you need to be on the other side. Nope, that's right. All right, but you may come. All has been made ready.
God of love, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. We give you thanks that in Christ we are continually connected, um, not just to one another in the body of Christ, um, but to all those that we've loved and lost, um, to past generations, to future generations, to the stories yet to be told. We give you thanks for all the saints who have touched our lives. And we give you thanks that you are indeed in this place. May we go forth as a people who most certainly have been fed and nourished with spiritual food. In your most holy name that we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is sent forth by God's blessing. You'll find it in your hymnal on page 664. Um, and at the end of the hymn, right for the benediction, I'll ask y'all to come back up and you can come greet your new sister in Christ. But now let us stand together and sing hymn number 664, sent forth by God's blessing. Now I'm going to invite the Johnsons to come back and kind of hang out. That's a little dangerous, though. <laughs> and I hope you come and greet them and congratulate them and welcome your new sister. Yeah, y'all can stay over there. That's fine. Welcome your new sister in Christ. I do have her baptism certificate, a candle that you yourselves can light every year when you remember her baptism and tell the story, and then some little um, flyers that we make to kind of help explain baptism. I'm going to leave those there for you. But now receive this benediction. Let us go forth as a people who carry the light of Christ into the world. A people who give thanks for the gift of Christ. A people who help others see the light in those most darkest of places. Let us go forth to love and serve our Lord. Amen. Amen.